Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et messieurs, merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique concernant les résultats du troisième trimestre de l'exercice 2021 de TC Transcontinental. Pendant la conférence, tous les participants seront en mode d'écoute seulement. Une période de questions suivra la présentation et des directives vous seront données à ce moment. Nous désirons vous rappeler que cette conférence est enregistrée aujourd'hui le 8 septembre 2021. Welcome to the TC Transcontinental Third Quarter of Fiscal 2021 Results Conference Call. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will be provided at that time. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded today, September 8, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to Yann Lapointe, Director, Investor Relations. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à Yann Lapointe, Directeur, Relations avec les investisseurs. Thank you, Julian. Good afternoon, everyone on the line, and thank you for joining the call. Welcome to TC Transcontinental's third quarter 2021 results conference call. Before we begin, you can find the press release, the presentation, and the MDNA with complete financial statements and related notes on our website at tc.tc under our investor relations section. A replay of this conference call will also be available on our website after the call. We have with us today our President and Chief Executive Officer, François Olivier, and our Chief Financial Officer, Donald Le Cavalier. Before I turn the call over to management, I would like to specify that this conference call is intended for the financial community. Media are in listen-only mode and should contact Nathalie Saint-Jean, Senior Advisor, Corporate Communications, for more information or interview requests. Please be reminded that some of the financial measures discussed over the course of this conference call are non-IFRS. You can refer to the, to the MDNA for a complete definition and reconciliation of such measures to IFRS. In addition, this conference call might also contain forward-looking statements. These statements are based on the current expectation of management and information available as of today, and they involve numerous risks and uncertainties, known and unknown. The risk, uncertainties, and other factors that could influence actual results are described in the fiscal 2020 annual MDNA and in the latest annual information form. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to our president and CEO, François Olivier. Thank you, Yann, and good afternoon, everyone. Last quarter, we delivered another solid performance across our three sectors. Despite the challenging environment, particularly in the context of the pandemic and higher resin prices, our teams continue to perform very well. Slide four gives an overview of our performance for the third quarter. In packaging, we recorded organic growth of revenues of $35.7 million, mainly as a result of higher resin prices. At the same time, revenues were negatively impacted by a similar amount, a currency conversion impact of 37.4 million, seeming from a stronger Canadian dollar. Excluding the resin impact, 
organic growth was flat for the quarter. Unfortunately, our revenues did not met our expectations. This is mainly due to delays in installing new equipment caused by supply chain issues with our equipment suppliers. This situation limited our ability to ramp up production on new contracts already awarded to TC. The good news is that these new equipment are now operational and we are working through the backlog. While we expect to recover some of those missed revenues in the fourth quarter, it is in our next fiscal year that we expect the full benefit from this new volume. Demand for our sustainable products remains very strong, which bodes well for our long-term growth outlook. New products have been developed, contracts with customers have been signed and are being negotiated, investment have been made and equipment installed. This positions us well to deliver organic growth again in 2022. Moving to profitability, I am very proud of our operational results. Let me explain to you why. EBITDA was negatively impacted by three factors. First, short-term contractual lags in passing through higher resin prices to our customers. Second, the stronger Canadian dollar. And third, the wage subsidy we received for our Canadian operations and packaging last year. Excluding these three items, which impacted EBITDA by more than $25 million in Q3 alone, EBITDA for this quarter is higher than last year. This is a strong performance, considering that last year was the highest ever quarterly profit we recorded in this sector. Assuming that risen prices stabilize, I expect their impact to be lower in the fourth quarter before potentially turning positive in 2022. In print, as expected, with the gradual reopening of the Canadian economy, we saw strong organic revenue growth in the third quarter compared with last year, which was more impacted by the pandemic. We expect this growth to continue for the quarters to come, not only in our traditional offering, but especially in our growth markets like in-store marketing and books. As for profitability, adjusted EBITDA declined by $9.3 million. If we remove the impact of the Canadian wage subsidy, which was 20 million lower compared to Q3 last year, the sector would have reported a profitability improvement of over $10 million for the quarter. This is a solid performance, and again, reflects our ability to operate with efficiency and control of our cost. This translates into an adjusted EBITDA margin of close to 20% when excluding the subsidy an improvement of 180 basis points versus the same quarter last year. Our media sector once again had an excellent quarter with strong revenue and EBITDA growth. This business continued to have a great overall performance. At the consolidated level, we continue to generate strong free cash flow that we use to reduce our net debt and invest in our future growth through CapEx and M&A. Moving to slide five, last week, we used the opportunity to renew our credit facility to link our cost of capital to four key ESG targets, 
employee safety, gender diversity, post-consumer recycled resin in our packaging products, and greenhouse gas emissions. This opens the door to future opportunities in sustainable financing and furthers our own corporate social responsibility objectives. During the quarter, we also made good progress in sustainable packaging as we continue to invest in innovation and product development. In our recycle-ready portfolio, we have designed and produced new sustainable films for pet food and frozen food applications. These new films are now pre-qualified for a store drop-off label with how to recycle. This is a plus for our customers, allowing them to accelerate the achievement of their sustainable objectives. In our recycling group, the LDP resin we produce from post-consumer recycled content in our Montreal facility has also been certified by the Association of Plastic Recyclers, an important milestone in our journey towards using more recycled resin. Our integrated approach to sustainable packaging supports the global efforts toward a circular economy. At the same time, it differentiates us from our competitors and supports our growth. We are currently engaged in many trials with customer, not only for our recycle-ready and compostable product, but also for our films, including recycled resin. The engagement and certain case excitement and positive feedbacks from our customers show us to what extent sustainability is a key pillar for our future growth. It gives us confidence that we are on the right path and that we have a strong and innovative R&D team to deliver. In conclusion, I want to leave you with three key takeaways. First, our continuous operational excellence and ability to drive efficiency improvements, despite the temporary challenges from the lag in passing through risen price increase, the exchange rates, and the lower wage subsidy, which negatively impacted our overall adjusted EBITDA by around $50 million year to date, our tree sector continued to perform well in the quarter. Second, we expect solid organic revenue growth for our tree sectors for the quarters to come, and all tree sectors are well positioned to be solid contributors to our future overall performance. Finally, our LT balance sheets and our ability to generate strong and predictable cash flows for years to come provide us with the flexibility to continue investing to grow organically or through acquisition in all three sectors. With that, I'll turn it over to Donald. Thank you, Francois, and good afternoon. I will start with the consolidated numbers on slide six. We reported an increase of 5.8% in revenues versus last year. This was driven by organic growth of $70.4 million from higher volume in our print and media sectors was also driven by higher pricing and packaging following our diligent management of risen pass-through. The revenue growth was partially offset by a negative currency impact of $38.2 million, mainly from the rise of the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar. On the profitability front, adjusted EBITDA decreased to $101.7 million this year. Good operational performance in all three sectors was more than offset by three external items detailed earlier. The wage subsidy, the lag in passing through risen price increases, and the exchange rate, which negatively impacted the quarter's EBITDA by a total 
a total of about $50 million. As we have seen in previous quarters, financial expenses declined slightly in line with lower net debt. Last week, we extended our credit line to 2026 and linked it to a four sustainability indicators related to ESG issues. In July, we also announced a 250 million debt offering at very good rate, and the transaction was well oversubscribed. These actions are clear demonstrations of the confidence by our financial partners in our financial strength, our long-term growth strategy, and in our commitment towards ESG. Moving to taxes, tax rate was 23.6% in the third quarter, in line with our mid-20s guidance, and led to adjusted net earnings of $0.51 per share for the quarter. Now, moving to slide seven for the sector review. In our packaging sector, organic growth was due to the higher price of risen and was offset by a stronger Kenyan dollar, leaving revenues in line with last year. Moving to profitability, you may remember that at $65 million, Q3 2020 set a record of quarterly profit in packaging. As we benefited from low risen prices, favorable currency exchange, and the Canadian wage subsidy. This year, these three external items have a negative impact of about 25 million, leading to an adjusted EBITDA of 42.3 million. Excluding this item, our continued focus on efficiency gains will have resulted in EBITDA growth. Adjusted EBITDA margin was 12.2% for the quarter, and would have been at more than 16% just by excluding the temporary lag impact of the risen pass-through. On slide eight, you can see that our printing sector had another very good quarter with 14.4% organic growth versus Q3 last year, which was more impacted by the pandemic. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $60.1 million compared to $69.4 million in Q3 2020. This is a solid performance when we consider that the wage subsidy was $20 million lower than last year. It also shows that the growth in revenues converted well to the bottom line as we continue to benefit from our cost discipline. Excluding the wage subsidy, adjusted Adjusted EBITDA margin for the quarter was at 19.8% compared to 18% last year, a 180 basis point improvement. Our media business also had another excellent quarter with double digit revenue and EBITDA growth, building on the momentum gained in the last several quarters. Corporate expenses were higher than last year due mainly to the stock-based compensation Wage subsidy received last year and non-recurring costs related to the vac- our vaccination clinic. Turning to cash flow from operating activities, we generated $54.6 million in the quarter. The variation with last year is mainly due to higher inventory, which was impacted by risen prices and also from lower EBITDA. In addition, Tax paid was higher due to the deferral of Canadian income tax in- installments last year. As we indicated last quarter, 
we are increasing our investment in CapEx to drive our growth aspirations with a total of spend of $45.3 million, million in the quarter. Please keep in mind that CapEx amounts can vary significantly from one quarter to another, and this number should not be used as a run rate. In addition, we also invested $44 million related to the acquisition of BGI retail in our, S, in our ISM business. Finally, we distributed $19.5 million in dividends. Despite the significant growth investments we made during the quarter, we continue to maintain a very strong financial position with over $800 million of available liquidity at the end of the quarter. Now for the outlook. In packaging, assuming stability in risen prices, the impact on profitability should be smaller in fourth quarter. In terms of revenues, now that the new equipment is operational, we expect to see organic growth, not only for the fourth quarter, but also for 2022, and that's excluding the impact of risen prices. Assuming that the Canadian dollar remains at current level, we expect the exchange rate to continue to be a headwind in the fourth quarter, but to a lesser extent than what we saw in Q3. In print, Considering a continued gradual reopening of the economy, volume should continue to recover in the fourth quarter. Corporate costs at the EBITDA level should be around $40 million for a year. In terms of the use of cash for the year, in addition to continue looking actively for potential acquisition in all three sectors, we will continue to invest in our, in our organic growth through CapEx. To that end, Depending on the timing of potential key investments, we are likely to reach over $130 million of CapEx for the current fiscal year. As for cash taxes, you can continue to assume around $50 million for the year. Finally, as we head into our last quarter, I'd like to remind you that 2021 is a 53-week fiscal year for us. We will therefore have an additional week in the fourth quarter compared to last year. On that note, we will now proceed with the question period. Merci. Mesdames et messieurs, nous allons maintenant procéder à la période de questions et réponses. Si vous avez une question, veuillez appuyer sur les touches étoiles suivies du numéro 1 sur votre téléphone. Un moment, s'il vous plaît, pour la première question. Thank you. One moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now conduct the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star followed by the number one on your touchtone phone. One moment, please, for your first question. And your first question comes from Mark Neville from Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, good afternoon. Um, maybe just first on the, on the margin and, and packaging. Um, and I can appreciate uh, the lag uh, on the pricing adjustments. I'm just curious, is that strictly a timing issue? And just curious if there's any for your non-index customers, if you're getting any pushback uh, on trying to raise price. No, no, uh, we're you know it's mainly uh, the resin passed through a little bit last year. We had a little bit of a Canadian wage subsidy for our three packaging plants, which we don't have anymore uh, for packaging. So, uh, but the bulk of the uh, the uh, the difference between last year and this year is the resin price lag through uh, with 12. 
you know, increase in the last 14 months, uh, we're past uh, negotiating with the customer. We just we just pass it through. Unfortunately, our contractual agreement have lags built in in the contract. Um, I don't think it's a, it's the first in the industry. I believe that uh, there's 12 consecutive, uh, well, 12 increase in the last 14 months. So it's mainly the lag. And last year. We, you know, we were benefiting, like I said, from the Canadian wage subsidy a little bit. Uh, and also last year, the resin was going the other way, uh, if you could believe it at that time. So we had a little bit of a, of, of a boost from that. So if you normalize uh, last year, we were around the 16, 17%. If you're normalizing this year, we're around the 16, 17%, but the lag is huge. Uh, because it's uh, increase after increase after increase, and, uh, and when the lag is two three months, uh, you could see the the impact. Uh, this thing is going to ease up in Q4, as so resin have not increased uh, yet, and then for Q4, and now we're passing a lot of these uh, lag that we incurred in Q3. So uh, we're hopeful that resin is going to stabilize and eventually go the other way as that we could recoup some of that money. But from a margin standpoint, you could assume that it's pretty similar to last year. It's hard to believe when last year was 18 and this year is 12, but uh, that's the case. Got it. And maybe and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, sorry, maybe to add uh, regarding your question and for the index, uh, you know, all the pass-through that we have with most of our clients, most of the contracted business is, is contract per contract. And what we have said in the past, there's, you know, the vast majority is for three months. So, therefore, any increase takes at least two months and a half before we can pass this increase to the client. But when there's 9, 10, 12 months in a row that there's an increase, we, we're always in a catch-up. This is why Q3 is stronger because we have, like, months before and some of the of our clients is six months also so you carry those for six months so this is why it's moving up and last point is that it you know the price increase were steeper in, in at the end of our second quarter uh, instead of five cents was seven cents per month so those those apply in, in the in the delta for the third quarter okay um i guess it's based on that you know if we see stabilization by the time we get to the fiscal q1 or q2 of next year you know, you should be back sort of in that normalized range, correct? Yeah, I guess it's, if Risen stays stable next year, uh, for sure, year-over-year year compersion, we're not going to have those hit that we have this year. And then, uh, you know, hopefully if it goes down, then we'll start to benefit. So it will be, uh, be positive year-over-year. Year. But uh, market is very volatile right now. And uh, I wouldn't want to predict anything at this point, so we're just going to keep doing our job and, and see where the price is going to go. Uh, it's very volatile right now and very hard to predict. Yeah. Um, and with the customers that are not contractually indexed, um, is there any pushback from them in terms of you? No, we're, 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 we're past the pushback. We're passing it through. Okay. And uh, a lot of our plants are very very uh you know uh busy uh, so if they don't want to take the increase then they uh, they um they would they would need to have their product manufactured by somebody else that's basically for the most part our position after 12 consecutive uh you could negotiate if it's one increase in a year or even two 
but when you're up to 12 and 14 months, uh, you're past negotiating. You're just passing it through. And if people don't like it, you know, that it is what it is. Yeah, no, I understood. Um, maybe just one last question. I'm just curious, um, the recent hurricane, uh, if there's any impact on the business or ability to source resin? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, and, and there's one particular uh, type of resin that we use uh, for barrier and our cheese and meat uh, vertical, which is, you know, the two combine our, our largest vertical in our portfolio. Uh, there's one type of resin that is uh, is hard to get right now because of a, an accident in one of our supplier of our two suppliers. Uh, so this resin is pretty tight right now, but DC found ways to uh, modify their product offering to be able to service their customer. But uh, yeah, there's some types of resin that are hard to get right, right now, but uh, we, we find ways to uh, to serve our customer and we don't at this point anticipate uh, suffering from that uh, for the moment. Okay. Thank you for taking my question. Thanks. Your next question comes from Adam Shine from National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, thanks a lot. Good afternoon. Francois, uh, on the packaging sort of growth front, uh, notwithstanding the, the extra week that will benefit you in the Q4, you've come off, I guess, two quarters now of, let's call it flat to muted growth. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, some of the factor in this quarter was clearly related to the delayed production ramp. Can you speak at all to, you know, what the growth profile looks like, given that you are ramping up on new equipment? Obviously, sounds like you've been adding some, you know, new contracts, new mandates. So, as we think about growth that otherwise on an organic basis might be, I don't know, a 2 to 3% type range, do you see a better line of sight for something above that level going into next year? Yeah, uh, for this year, uh, last time, uh, all along, I said 2 to 3% uh, last quarter. Uh, I didn't expect our uh, machine equipment supplier having issue uh, installing the machine for lack of PLC to run these machines that are highly automated. Uh, so this delay was not planned. So for this year, we're we're still uh, in the zone. We we think of two or three percent, but now maybe closer to two because um, the volume was qualified, the volume was ready to come to TC, uh, but because of our uh, you know installation uh, issue, we couldn't handle uh, the additional volume that uh, our customer was willing to give us. So obviously, this volume, uh, some of it is lost. I mean, we had to. They had to pack their their food with with, with film, and they, they kept ordering from their incumbent suppliers. So some of that uh, is lost. So that's why I'm saying our, the three that I was hoping for last call is now maybe more of a two. Uh, the good news is the equipment will be running is running now. Um, you know, um, and uh, it'll be running less than what we had hoped for in Q4, but it will run. So we expect organic growth in Q4, and when it's all said and done, we should be pretty close to 2% uh, come uh, the end of the year. So we expect organic growth in Q4 in packaging. As for next year, uh, we're in the middle of our budget presentation, and uh, what I can tell you is what I look at uh, with, with what we have in front of us is, is probably 
very similar to two, this year, expecting a 2-3% organic growth for, for next year is probably what we uh, we will confirm in Q4. Great. I appreciate that. And just, you know, maybe building a little bit uh, on, you know, the earlier question that I think focused a bit more on what customers were doing, whether or not they were resisting on, on resin price increases. The, the question isn't so much there. It's more along the lines of, you know, our, our customers, whether it's on the printing side or the or the packaging side, are they changing behaviors in any particular way with a positive or negative effect on, on you guys, you know, in terms of lessons learned from COVID through the pandemic, you know, any anything evolving out there, whether it's pushback or opportunities for uh, additional business? Uh, I, I think, no, I, I think most of our customers, including us, uh, uh, we are in an inflation, inflationary uh, environment. Uh, our customer are, are, are now used to receive this call, not only from us, but from all of their supplier, whether it's freight, whether it's energy, whether it's, uh, and then, uh, our customers, which in the packaging, which are the food people of the, uh, Ability, or they're passing that through their uh, to, 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 to the retailer, and uh, as you can see, the price of the basket of food uh, in North America is, is also going up. So, it is an environment where you know we have those discussion, and uh, and um, people are are expecting it. As far as changing of, of, of behavior because of, of COVID, uh, I don't see any change in packaging uh, so far. Um, you know, people need package to put the food in, and, and and what we do flexible is the most efficient, uh, uh, you know, packaging in, in many areas. And print, uh, obviously, you know, we're very much tied to retail. So as soon as COVID uh, limit the number of visit to the store and less people into the store, and and retail slow down, we're we're slowing down with it. Uh, I, I think that COVID uh, for TC. In terms of our core print business, uh, is going to turn out to be positive. Why I'm saying that is that most retailer that we deal with uh, have realized that one of their key competitive advantages is their brick and mortar store. Um, there's a renewed, I would say, strategic focus um, from a lot of CEO and a lot of Canadian retailer on their store. The fact that they have billions of dollar of inventory sitting in hundreds of locations across Canada is a competitive advantage for e-commerce. So, um, you know, that's what we feel is that COVID has, has refocused a lot of retailer on their store strategy. And if you think of TC, uh, we're the number one partner to bring uh, people into the store. We help the retailer bring people into the store and the number one tool for retailers in Canada to bring people to the store remain printed flyers. And then our strategy about uh, ISM and store marketing is once the people are in the store, they want to have a, you know, the retailer wants them to have a better experience, and we are the one, you know, helping them uh, having the store look, look better. And then when they leave the store, we're the one doing personalized offer with a lot of direct mail personalized program with retailers. So this renewed interest around building the retailer strategy around their brick and mortar and this e-commerce world uh, bodes well to our overall strategy and, and print at TC uh, for the reason I just mentioned. So the only area where 
I think the COVID have accelerated the decrease of the secular decline of printing is in the magazine. Uh, we see a lot of uh, magazine publisher diminishing the number of, uh, of uh, you know, time that they come out. Uh, paper price uh, in the magazine is, is going up. So we see there uh, a negative impact uh, from COVID, but I want to remind you that uh, magazine printing for transcontinental printing is, is now quite uh, quite uh, quite small. So not, not a big impact on our overall EBITDA. So a lot of a lot of color, but uh, that's that's my answer. I appreciate it. I'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. Encore une fois, pour poser une question, appuyez sur l'étoile suivie par le numéro 1. Once again, to ask a question, please press star followed by the number 1. Your next question will come from Drew McReynolds from RBC. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thanks very much. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, maybe, maybe extending Adam's uh, question a little bit in, in terms of uh, the, the reopening dynamics in the quarter. Um, maybe you can just kind of drill down into how demand on the printing and packaging kind of evolved through the quarter uh, and assuming sustained reopening, um, you know, how that continues here in, in Q4 uh, on a full quarter kind of run rate basis. Um, and then secondly, just on the wage subsidies, maybe for you, uh, Donnell, um, you know, I think you, you had 9 million in Q3, you had 36 million last year. Um, just what, what do we pencil in here for, for Q4? Thank you. Yeah, uh, on the print, uh, we're pretty much tied to uh, the economy. Uh, so uh, when retail is reopening, we're going up with it. So this quarter, we were 14% up to last year in revenue in print. Uh, that converted in about $10 million more profit. Uh, so a good performance from our team. Uh, we expect that to continue because our comparable in Q4 uh, was you know more severely impacted uh, than 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 what we're going through right now. Uh, you know, obviously, if this fourth wave with these variants is is more severe than we think, and then more restriction are, are apply on the economy, we we will suffer. But it looks like with the vaccination rate in Canada, that the government are not going to reclose the economy. So we uh, we expect to, to continue to have the same kind of of growth and lift and print because the, the comparable uh, from last year is, is, is lower. And then retailers are, are, are reopening uh, and, and starting to go back to what I call a regular marketing program. And, uh, and they want to have people into their store. So obviously that would be good also for our ISM offering. So we expect uh, revenue to be better in Q4. Uh, as for next year, obviously, we've made acquisition and ISM, and we have a lot of opportunity to grow an uh, ISM. Uh, we've made investment, as you know, in our book capacity, and uh, this strategy is working very well. So, so we anticipate that to continue uh, into next year. So, yeah, we, we expect revenue to be uh, uh, to be to continue to be strong, but uh, the pandemic is is the wild card. In terms of packaging, um, I could say that last year in uh, Q3 we we had some food uh, category like the, the meat and cheese that you know was you know record volume because remember last year we were 
and this frenzy where you know you had retail store shelf empty and people were grabbing stuff so we were producing a lot we had a good quarter uh this quarter like the demand is very strong but not not as crazy as last year in, in those areas but you know still very good so not a lot of impact uh from the covid on our packaging business um you know 20 percent is about our industrial portfolio this is starting to go coming back to normal i don't see that slowing down so i would say that in packaging we're, we're back to normal and what's going to drive our organic growth is our sustainable product offering and and the ability to introduce that in the market is 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 really the driver for me of growth of, of the future uh, and, and less the COVID impact on our packaging business. And uh, Drew, for for subsidy, you you're right. Last year was 36, and uh, in Q4 20 last year in third quarter, I should say, and more uh, north of 14 million in the fourth quarter. And we we don't expect to have that kind of money uh, subsidy in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, actually, you know, it's going down as we speak. So probably less than 50% of what we receive in the third quarter. So a few million, but uh, not, not, nothing much than that, nothing more than that. Thank you. Uh, thank you both for that. In the Sambla, please have all the questions. Mr. Lapointe, there are no further questions at this time. Thank you for joining us on the call today, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Mesdames et Messieurs, ceci termine l'appel conférence pour aujourd'hui. Merci de votre participation. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your thank you for participating. Please disconnect your lines. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.